We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. This is your host, Monica Cosentino. What a privilege it is to be here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, joining me is my coach, my dad, and my co-host, Mike Cosentino. Monica, this is such a treat. My daughter, you and I together. It's not just us, though. Of course, everyone's friend. Who else do we have with D2, us? D2, Dave, is also joining, who will also be a co-host today. And now, D2, we must acknowledge that this could be the teenage takeover. This might be it. Our stint on the Run ATO podcast might be coming to an end. Yeah, we're uh, skewing to the younger demographics here, so who knows? We may get a larger audience. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And Monica, as you know, I asked you to be our host today because this is going to be our cross-country-themed episode later than usual for obvious reasons. You, of course, one of the shining moments of my 2020 has been the good fortune of being one of your coaches on your cross-country team. So I thought, who better than to... us on this journey. Before I let you continue with your hosting duties, though, I'm going to put you on the interviewee's hot seat. I've got a couple of questions for you. Are you cool with that? I am very ready. All right, here they go. So first of all, it has been a strange year. Obviously, 2020 for everyone has been much, much different. And although it's really tough to put ourselves in the shoes of of anyone else, one thing I know I can do, even having watched you, being your father, being around you, being so proud of everything you've done this year, is I can't put myself in your cross-country spikes, in the shoes that you're training in. What is it like as a student athlete in this season? The cross-country season is on for those who do not know. State championships still planned again. Carrollton, Georgia, November 6th and 7th. But it has not been just business as usual or like any other season. For sure. 2020 has been a year that I don't think any of us were ready for. And nobody grows in comfort. So even though it has been an uncomfortable I do genuinely believe that our team has worked harder than we ever have before. And we have grown so much, not just as a team, but as a family, working harder every day. And I can say for me, as my coaches and my teammates, that we feel so privileged to have the opportunity to practice as a team in person. And although we're still following regulations and rules, it is such a blessing that we get to be together and work together every single day. Love that. D2, just that spirit of gratitude to be grateful for the opportunities we have, even in these challenging times. Monica, the, the one thing that has been particularly interesting for me being, you know, somewhat in the front row to observe you and your team that is certainly working very hard, making the most of this is that you kind of are living on the edge. You're in this bubble of uncertainty, right? I mean, with every practice, you wonder, will the entire team be able to to participate with every day that goes by, will this be the last day of the season? Is the meet, whether it's the next meet or that state meet I referenced, actually going to happen? We just don't know. There's so much uncertainty that seems to travel with us this season. What's that like to have that alongside? It's definitely putting a great mindset. Will we have another practice tomorrow? Will we have our next meet? Will I see that teammate tomorrow? And it's great because with having that mindset, it genuinely has you trying your best. If it is your last meet, if it is your last practice, you would not want to finish with not giving your all, with not leaving everything you had out on that course. So since we have that mindset, I know me and my team have tried so much harder and genuinely given it everything we have. 
Man, T2, hard to believe she's just 15. That is great life advice. Go back and listen to that again, folks, from my daughter, because all of us remind ourselves on occasion that we should live each day like it is our last and we'll have no regrets. And Monica, it sounds like that is what you and I can say firsthand as a witness, you and your team are certainly doing this year. So proud of you for that, but also super proud that you were willing to come on and be the host. I'm going to turn the hosting duties back over to you now. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. Now, taking a step aside from that topic, we have something very, very cool going on. Dave, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us some details about the virtual fashion show. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Yes, and we're excited about it because, you know, in the past, we have done fashion shows in our stores. Um, but because of the situation this year, we're going to do it virtual. Uh, and it's going to be done through Facebook Live. So uh, you definitely want to follow us there. It'll be on October 28th. That's a Wednesday night at 8.15. So we will close our stores at 8 o'clock. We'll get set up and then resume uh, or kick off our fashion show at 8.15 with a live broadcast on Facebook Live. And this is going to feature our new fall run ATL and uh, you know apparel, which is pretty extensive. We're going to have long sleeve tops. We're going to have bottoms, uh, tights. Uh, pants, you know, uh, pullovers. Um, so this is a pretty extensive uh, line, something we typically haven't done where we are doing kind of, you can get a whole complete outfit. So we'll be featuring that. The uh, fashion show will be probably about 30 minutes. That's kind of what we're shooting for. Um, we'll have several different models there. And of course, this is kind of like the you know world premiere of this. Um, you know, if we can go that far and call it a world premiere, or at least an Atlanta <laughs> premiere. Of this apparel line because we are going to it's not going to be available in stores until the following day so it'll be available in stores on the 29th on Thursday um, it'll be available online that night following the broadcast online so that means that you who are who tune in will be first you know to um, see the, the this line but also first to even come and either purchase online or in store because we're not going to promote it socially um, uh, through social media or through our newsletter till the following week, the following Monday. So you guys, guys get an advanced start on this because some of these items are limited. There's not a lot that we're, that we're getting. Some of them are special pieces. So we want to make sure that those that tune in, you will get that VIP treatment by being first to see it, first to get access to it by coming into our stores and shopping for it. So that'll be really exciting. And of course, tune in through the entire broadcast because we will have some special offers as well. That is awesome. Special offers, certainly reason to tune in. Also, D2, you and I talked in a recent episode, people are going to be doing their holiday shopping this year earlier from what we're hearing. So this timeline seems to match up with that possibility as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, just recently there's Amazon Prime Day and everyone's kicking off their Black Friday kind of deals. So this lines up perfectly because, um, you know, we've got the the inventory will be in our stores. Like I said, it is limited, so it's not like we can run out and then order more in because of the supply uh, you know chain and and the things that we talked about previously. So this is you know once it's out, it's out, and you know you got to act quickly. And I think a lot of people that's what they're doing this year for their holiday shopping is acting quickly and shopping early. <laughs> Great advice. That is so true. So whether for you or for that special person on your holiday gift list, you're going to want to be part of that. Again, August is not the month. October is the month. 28th is the day. October 28th, 8.15. That is when you'll want to tune in to that. Monica, one of the things super cool about this 
cross-country themed episode, our featured conversation. He knows a little bit about cross-country. What I will say is this individual, not just for those in cross-country, is going to give us things to think about. So for those of you who are like, man, I'm not part of a cross-country team, or I don't have somebody who I'm cheering for this cross-country season, or maybe even cross-country doesn't interest you, our featured conversation, Monica, Keith Kelly, he has something for everyone. But you and your teammates are going to take us through an interview with him. I'm super excited about that. As am I. It'll definitely be a conversation that you will want to stick around for. There's no doubt that sticking around is the right thing to do. If you are not familiar with Keith Kelly, back in 2000, hard to believe, D2, almost 20 years ago now, the NCAA Division One men's national champion. He helped the Providence Friars to their best finish ever. He was that national champion on that big stage 20 years ago. Some of you will cringe at this note. Some of you will celebrate it. In the last 400 meters, of course, at the NCAA level, they're running a 10K. That is 6.2 miles on a cross-country course. Keith ran 30 minutes, 14 and a half seconds out kicking the Crimson Tide at the finish in those last 400 meters. That is pretty cool, Monica. We're going to tee him up for lots of cool questions. For those of you who've not heard from Keith in a while, he's now at New Balance as well. So we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about that organization, some of the cool products that they now have as part of their 2020 and looking into the future. going to be a cool conversation. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing. And this is definitely something you don't want to miss. And I know I cannot wait to learn more about him and his story after the short break. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. Welcome back. And now for the conversation with Keith Kelly, we've all been looking forward to. This is a conversation you're not going to want to miss. Dad, I'm going to let you take over. Awesome. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Great work. And Keith, it is really cool to see you, man. How's everything going out there? Everything's going great. And uh, thanks, Monica, for the introduction. I hope everyone's excited about it, but I don't know if everyone will be, but I'm going to impart some uh, cross-country knowledge on you guys and, and looking forward to this conversation, Mike, for sure. Well, we are as well. We talked a little bit about who you are, of course, in our intro. Everybody who said, man, that really is a sexy accent. That is from the great country of Ireland. There it is. You've not lost that at all since you arrived stateside, Keith. It is still as robust as it was when I first met you. If you can believe this, back in 2005, we've got a 15-year anniversary that we're celebrating right now. That, that's right, Mike. And uh, I was not allowed to lose my accent because when I arrived at Providence College, uh, head coach there, Ray Tracy, is from Waterford in Ireland, and uh, there was a few other Irish guys in the team, so it was easy for me to maintain. And then, you know, once I once I got beyond college, I'm not losing the accent. I think okay. it, it, it's useful in 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 the professional world too. 
you know? <laughs> and the podcasting world. People are going to stay tuned into this just to hear your accent, even if the content's not any good. Brilliant. I'm sure it will be, though. And here's what, what I'll say, Keith. We set this up, a little-known fact, Big Peach Running Company. I know far more about retail and product than what I do cross-country and coaching. But to spend a little bit more time with my daughter, I'm kind of that D-grade coach at Fannin County High School in North Georgia. And we have the Fannin County cross-country team here. Monica, you and your teammates are basically gonna do the heavy lifting on this broadcast. Perfect. So you said you had a question. I figured what better way than to let you kick it off and we'll go from there if Keith is ready. I am ready. Great, so am I. <laughs> Keith, what would be your most important piece of advice for all of your fellow cross-country runners? Okay, my most important advice is, it's it's a twofold answer, and uh, it's important that it's a twofold answer because I can only draw on the times I've been successful, and I've gone through periods where I wasn't super successful. The times I was successful were the times that I listened to my coach, did exactly what my coach told me to do, and acted as a leader to make sure that the rest of my cross-country team maintained a very positive and very determined attitude with uh, lots of humility. So at Providence, I uh, had some bad seasons. And when I decided I wanted to be really good at this cross-country game, I decided that I was going to do everything that Coach Tracy told me to do. And I asked my teammates to also do everything that Coach Tracy told them to do so we could be all in it together. And that led to huge success for our team and huge success for the program. So the one piece of advice I'd give all you guys is lean on each other. If someone's not doing well, make sure you're there to pick them up. If someone has a bad race, make sure you're there to pick them up. And if one of you guys happens to be the very best, make sure that you keep humil keep, uh, keep your humility and, and uh, be there for the, for the last person on the team because they're just as important. What a great piece of advice, and not just for cross-country, for life in general, to listen to your elders and be a leader. And I know that's a reminder every single one of us can use every day in everyday life. Absolutely. And I, 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 I want to build on that. Let me ask this. Where does cross-country and general life seem to coincide for you still to this day? Oh, well, I mean, for, from I draw... I live my life based on the, the principle of cross country. Uh, I surround myself with people that build me up and, and, you know, mentors that are like coaches. I'll never forget being at Providence College and making the decision that, that you know, we, we set a goal. I wanted to win the national cross country championships. I, I also wanted the team to be really successful and that was equally as important to me. So when we listened to our coach, and when we worked really, really hard together as a team, everybody ran well. We had three All-Americans on that team. Everyone overperformed all season. And that was, for many of our team, kind of the pinnacle of their athletics career. So post-college, I've always brought that same mentality that whatever I'm doing in life, working right now with New Balance, my teammates are super important to me. If someone's not having a good day, if someone's struggling at work, I try to be positive. I try to lift them up. I listen to them. And I listen to my boss, Kevin Adams, and my other bosses like Tom Cardio. And I you know, try to live up to the standard that they expect. So cross-country is, is a team sport. Individuals have success at cross-country, but the beauty of cross-country is that you're a team. 
And it's no different than in the workplace. It's no different than a big peach where you want the best staff and you want the staff to, to collectively be driven to raise big peach and big peaches presence in the running scene. So cross country is uh, always been my favorite. I've uh, never shied away from talking about the fact that I like track. I like road racing, but cross country to me is the best aspect of athletics and it's my favorite time of the year in, in fall. So it's a, it definitely translates to real life. Well, and, and what I'm going to do is I know that it was your senior season that not only brought you so much satisfaction working together with that team as you guys had the highest ever for that time finished for the Providence Friars. You guys were fourth ranked, but finished third at the NCAA cross country. Obviously, you had that national title. But then to your point, there was a legacy that was established, right? The Providence team, even after you had departed, continued to put together a good program, was able to build on the success that you were part of. And more than just that one season was what that season meant for the program in the future. Maybe comment on that a little bit. And then I'm going to let one of our seniors or maybe our seniors go first with some questions, but comment on that a little bit because we've got seniors in here. And yet we've also got really, really talented freshmen. We've got unbelievable sophomores. And we've got a couple of juniors who still have plenty of time to make incredible impact. But for the seniors, tell us a little bit about legacy before I have them ask their own questions. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, you know, we had some great teams before and it's kind of, it kind of came in waves. And one of the things that attracted me to Providence College was the success of some of the previous individuals and the fact that they were Irish. So when, you know, your college mo time goes by really fast, no different than your high school time. And I got to that summer before my senior year and I had some moderate success and, you know, I had been All-American. I'd been ninth at the NCAA cross-country the year before. And then in, in my soft second year of cross-country, I was 14th. So I had success at the national level, but I felt that I had underperformed and I didn't feel great about the fact that I was on a full ride at this great school and I hadn't fulfilled my potential. So that summer when I spoke to Coach Tracy, I told him that I was really committed. This was my last chance. And if things didn't work out, I wanted to be able to look back on my last year at Providence and know that I made an impact, whether it was not, whether it was winning the national title and leading the team to third place or just creating an atmosphere where we were all bought into this collective goal and everyone was driven to be really good in school and really on time and really put together and really positive. So we worked really hard that summer and I asked my teammates to come on this journey with me and they did and it definitely kicked off a change in the mentality at, at providence there was always great teams like i said women's teams were really fantastic they had won a national title in 1995 and had since won some national titles on the women's side but we haven't reached the heights of, of finishing third uh, in the last 20 years but we've had some great teams and ray will always talk to me and and, and if his team's not doing well he might give me a call and say you know can you come and talk to these guys and, and just tell them the block and tackle basics that it takes to have a really good cross-country team? So my legacy, I'm very fortunate that the coach is still there and he still sees some value in the way we acted that year and the, the positive energy we brought to the, to the program. And in the years that's followed, we've had some great years. And I spoke to the team this year. Unfortunately, they're not having a cross-country season, but I, I spoke to them uh, during the summer to keep them motivated over a Zoom call and told them, this, all of this goes by so fast. You only get these one chances. And if you're a senior, 
you've got to commit because you'll feel so much better for it in the long run. Even at the times when it's tough and maybe training is, you know, you're lacking motivation, the race season's not the same as it was. It doesn't matter because your impact will go beyond what you do on the cross-country course or on the track in the spring. It goes beyond that because it's how you impacted your team, your teammates, your school, your coaches, and so on and so forth. So I think legacy is really important, and I'm very proud of the Providence legacy. That's awesome, and I love the fact that you said that, partially because I've got Jake J2 Jones right next to me. He's our men's team captain. He is one of our seniors. He is someone who has exhibited not just a commitment, but the leadership that, quite frankly, I think is part of that legacy recipe. J2, you have a question, Keith Kelly. K2 to J2 and vice versa, all you, my friend. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Jake. Good to hear from you, man. Well, I just wanted to ask you uh, if I have time, maybe two questions for you. Absolutely. Um, When did you feel like you had the talent and potential you just had to work for it when did you feel like you could run at the division one level well i'll be honest jake i i I was pretty good in high school so when my high school coach is one of the most important people in my entire life uh he changed he basically changed my life and uh i'm not putting pressure on uh mr constantino right there but the, the role of a high school coach is really, really important. And when I was a the equivalent of a sophomore in Ireland, I was doing lots of sports and I was really eager to be a soccer player like most kids are in Europe. Uh, I, I My dreams were to, to play for Liverpool and score goals in the Premier League. But he was the one who told me, he said, Keith, you're not that big. You're very... I was, I was a super skinny high school runner. And he's like, you're, you've got some wheels though. You can run. So there's opportunity out there if you, if you want to work at it. And I liked running, so I committed to it, and I saw some success early. So as soon as I started having some success, I realized that just being committed to something can, make you, can take you very, very far. And by my junior year, I started to think about going to school in the States and running at the NCAA level. And I wasn't too sure what that looked like because, you know, it was pre-internet, so I am dating myself. But... I knew that there were some really, really good runners in the NCAA system. And I knew that I was willing to work really, really hard to get there. So I did that junior year and then won our national cross-country title, our equivalent of like a a footlocker meet or something like that. And uh, I got letters came in from coaches and my confidence just grew and grew and grew until I got to Providence. And then when I got to Providence, I realized that this was not high school anymore. The D1 is very very much for real and it's very very difficult so i had some up and down years but i i just kept working really hard and i kept looking at the opportunity i had in front front of me and saying you know what this is going to go by and i'm going to have regrets so fortunately i i i managed to turn it around like i did in high school kind of get rid of all the distractions and, and and focus really really hard my last couple of years of college and that led to more success Awesome. Thanks. And just one more. That was awesome, by the way. Thanks. Um, What are some things that you did while you were in college? Um, What are some things that you did to keep yourself in shape for competition while staying like injury free and not getting sick? Well, that's a tough that's a tough question, because the truth is I did get sick quite a bit. 
I I was not the healthiest runner. I I used to uh, train extre- extremely hard, but I didn't eat very well, and uh, I didn't really do the those little kind of one percent marginal gains that a lot of the kids are doing now. You know, they say if you look after the the pennies, the dollars will look after themselves, and that's that's very true of running. If I could have my time back in college, I would have done a lot more to stay healthy. I would have I would have worked out in the gym a lot more. I would have prehabbed and rehabbed before every training session. And I would have really kind of looked after myself in terms of sleeping more and just staying hydrated a lot more and eating well. At the time, I felt kind of indestructible. And all I wanted to do was run, which is a curse for a lot of distance runners. It's, it's, the, it's the thing we love to do. So I would go out and smash you know, 90 miles or 100 miles every week and think that that was okay. And that did work for me for a few years. But once once I got to post-college, those injuries crept up and I started to get into an injury cycle. So I wouldn't say I'm a great person to answer that question because I didn't do a good job of it. But when I see what other people do, I'm, I'm kind of wishing I had my time back it's worth it to spend the extra little bit of time stretching. It's worth it to spend the extra little bit of time doing some core work. It's worth it to work on your running form to make sure that you're aligning your body how it wants to be aligned. And let the running take care of itself. You have to train, but those extra little bits of pieces, that's what all the athletes are doing now. And that's why you're seeing American distance runners running as fast as anybody in history right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will remember this forever absolutely jake and and uh this is your this is your year so take the time now man work hard i will thanks again well and this is an awesome paradox for us keith because next up jacob keppel i will tell you so j2 i've known even before coming on board to help with this team and he's struck me as somebody who not only kind of is drawn to this sport and what his potential is, but somebody who wants to see not only himself, but also his team improve. When I got here on the first day to properly introduce Jacob, the reality is, is we had one practice where the head coach was not supervising me. I probably could have gotten away with more than what I did. On the second practice, when we were off site or off campus, we were at this hill, and my belief was we're in Fannin County, gateway to the mountains, and yet I'd very rarely seen this team working on getting better at crushing others on the big climbs. So we went out to this big climb, and I'm like, just to see where we are, we are going to claw our way up this as fast and as furiously as you possibly can. Well, we're coming down after the second or third trip up where everybody's working hard, And the head coach looks at me, he's like, oh my gosh, it looks like he's throwing up. And I said, awesome, that is so cool. That is the sign of somebody who is willing to give it their all right away without further instruction. And that was Jacob Keppel. And ever since that moment, Keith, I've just been like, this guy is gonna leave it all out there. But unlike J2, Jacob's a senior. This is his first year that he decided to come out for cross country. So my question to him all year long has been, where have you been the last three years, man? But with that, I'm gonna let him ask the next question. Hello, Keith. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's going good. Um, I have one question. Um, I, I wanna run in college. Um, um, well, what would be 
some great advice to give someone who would like to run in college? Well, Jay, I mean, running is, a, 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 unfortunately, one of the hardest parts of running is the fact that it's very, very black and white. So you you need to put some some results on the board and you need to put some times on the board so that college coaches will give you give you the time of day. So you you got to take care of what you can control right now. And what you can control right now is your training. You're obviously willing to hurt yourself, which is a big part of running. You got to be able to suffer a little bit. So you're willing to do that. So it's now it's about putting together, you know, some races and putting together some good track times in the spring so that when you do apply to colleges, you can talk to the coach and say, listen, I'm relatively new to this. You know, you, you have had, you haven't had the three years of previous three years of big training. So you're coming in late, but most college teams are looking for, looking for spots on the roster where people who are willing to work very hard and late bloomers are a big deal. So many, uh, good, good college runners were not superstars in high school, managed to post sometimes up by their senior year, get themselves on a roster, and then they're running full scholarships at the, at the, by their senior year because they've worked so hard. So my advice is right now, work exceptionally hard and focused. Listen to the coaches. Do what you have to do to get some good results because college coaches want to see they want to see results. They want to see times. They're going to ask you for what you, I don't know in that, in Georgia, if you guys run two miles or, or if it's 3,200 or 3k, but they're going to ask for those times and they'll, they'll kind of want to rank you. So it's, it's as a senior, it's kind of time to time to get to work and time to, to put these times on the board. J2, it's not easy, but once you get yourself on a college program, now if you've good academics, that really helps too because a college team is willing to take a risk on someone who has got good academics, who they can get in because that builds up the, the college team's academic results as well. So they go, kind of go hand in hand. But the truth is, as I was a volunteer at Providence for a long time, and yeah, we, we, would look at, we would look at kids' times. We would look at where they finished in races, and we would look at how much they did for training, and, and we would kind of weigh it all together. And Ray was really good at kind of figuring out someone who was – who had a lot of promise. Uh, but ultimately, it, it was so hard. There's so many kids out there and that you don't know who want to run D1. They would apply to school. And if they, if they got into Providence, it was a lot easier conversation to have because giving yeah. someone a roster spot wasn't a huge deal if they got in. As, and maybe they don't survive on the team, but we would definitely give, consider them for a roster spot if they already get in. Let me ask this, Keith, to kind of build on what Jacob asked, and that is obviously running D1 is is one thing, and I'm not going to suggest we've got a full team that is D1 material or even wants to do that at some point. But I also know with your experience at New Balance, with some of the colleges and universities we work with in and around the Atlanta area and the state of Georgia, there is a wide swath of not only expectation, but quite frankly, also performance across that collegiate level where you may not be ranked fourth D1, but it doesn't change the fact that whether it's a primarily, you know, well-heralded institution like Emory for its academics, also as a team, you know, right next to one of our stores is a university that is private by the name of Oglethorpe. We've got schools in South Georgia that are considerably smaller than those in and around Atlanta. What could you say that maybe has something to do from the perspective of how broad that collegiate experience could be from something like Providence with a national title from you to something like a small school that may be NAIA 
but still a cross country team, even if they're not doling out scholarships. Yeah. I mean, I think it's incredible. And, you know, I, I have had conversations with tons of D2 and D3 programs talking to their cross country teams and getting them motivated. Their experience is no different. I mean, at the D3 level in New England, there's a ton of schools and they're, they're good academic schools. They'd be like Emory in terms of academics. You've got Amherst College and Williams and Bates and places like this. Uh, those kids are as, every bit as committed to their cross-country programs as someone at Stanford University or University of Oregon or Georgetown or Providence. And their, their experience is no different. They compete in, against other student athletes at a similar level student athletes that decided to not go to D1 because they wanted something different. They wanted maybe a small liberal arts university education, really good academics, or they went to D2, like a school like Naperville and Naperville, uh, Naperville North, really good, good programs. Or, you know, you've got NAIA schools like Life College down in, in Georgia that have a lots of, lots of incredible international athletes and slightly older student body. All of their experiences are all the same, Mike. They have a team, they have a coach, they go to practice every single day, they go to meets with their team uniforms on, and it's it's just an extension of high school. And in many cases, the pressure is a little bit less. Uh, if you're not in a big conference that's, uh, you know, you're looking for revenue generation and, and hype for the university, sometimes they, it looks like they have more fun than the, the, the D1 guys. So the experience is across the board, man. I, I mean, I have many, many friends in the industry that ran at D2, that ran at D3. And I know other people that ran NAIA. They love it. They ran JUCO. They love it. So the experience is the same. I just think that the, I mean, the fastest guys are going to be in D1. The the fastest girls are going to be D1. They're going to have the biggest success. They're the ones that are most likely going to go on and represent the USA in the Olympics. But there's been many cases where D2 and D3 have produced Olympians and their experience is no different. So if you want to run in college as a, as a high schooler, you know, weigh it up. Where does it fit in your, in the importance of what you want to do? And if you want to do it and you want to go to a good academic school, well then walk onto that team. You're not, there's, there's no scholarships. They'll, they'll take team, they'll take athletes and you'll have a great experience. If you really want to go D1, you know, you're going to have to probably work a little hard or get a little bit more nerdy about times and, and what it's going to take to get on the team, talk to coaches early, find out if you're going to apply to a university, is there a chance that you can make the team? You'll have to do a little bit more legwork. But ultimately, once it, once you get there, the experience will be will be very similar. Thank you, Keith. Um, I have another question. Yes. What inspired you or motivated you to keep running? Well, you know... the. This is an easy one for me because I, I love it and I've always loved it. And I don't, I can't run anymore because I have had too many knee surgeries. So I've shifted yeah. onto the, onto the bike. Uh, but when I was younger, I, I loved sport and it was very, very important to me. Sport had played a huge role in my life. And once I got, once I made the decision that I was going to be a runner, it was a no brainer. Like meeting people every day for training for me was the best part of the day. Practice was the single best part of the day. Going to meets was the most exciting part of that you know, month. And once I got to college and got to travel to meets, I just wanted more and more of it. It was, it was like, it, it was my lifeblood, you know, it was, it was basically so motivation 
sure, we all go through periods where we wane in motivation. That could be where you don't feel good, where you're kind of got a niggly injury, the weather sucks, you're having trouble at school and your academics are, and you're not sleeping well, so you're, you're feeling tired. There's lots of factors that can contribute to a loss of motivation, but some other people need a pep talk. I personally, I personally didn't. I had a lot of internal motivation to the point where it probably went too far. I trained too hard and didn't listen to my body. So I was very fortunate. But one thing is if you want to run in college, you, you should love running. You should really, it should be a really special thing. It should be the best part of your day. It's, it should be something that you look forward to all the time. And once you start competing in meets and once you start competing against your teammates and training, the motivation will just will, will come, especially if you have a good coach and especially if you keep a po really positive mental attitude and stay smiling. Well, thank you very much, Keith. No problem, mate. I love that. We said in the intro, there would be something for everyone. That was for all of us who are also parents. Great advice for those of you, not just with student athletes in your midst, but with offspring and children, students of every age who you care about. Keith, believe it or not, we also have a very accomplished women's team. The person mm -hmm. I'm going to bring up next, she's going to come up. You can't see her. And that's probably best because the way she's moving right now has me super nervous with the state meet in just a few weeks because she busted up her ankle pretty good on a training run not that long ago. Oh, but Erin Jones, I can tell you, she has heart. She has a question. EJ, I'm turning it over to you. Hello, Keith. Hello, Erin. Great Irish name, by the way. Thank you. Um, so I have two questions. The first one is, what is the best motivation you can give to a younger runner? So like 11 or 12 years old. Well, let me see. I've done a bit of coaching in my time, but never to, an, a, to a very young runner. I've really coached teenagers. But the one bit of motivation I can give is I would say, you know, try everything in running. Really enjoy it. Enjoy the time with your teammates. Don't be afraid to reward yourself. You know, make sure you enjoy the lifestyle of being a runner and being on a team. And when you do that, you learn lessons. You learn about how to be a teammate. You learn about yourself. You learn about how far you're willing to go and how far you're willing to push yourself to get to the next level. So I would just tell you to keep working because you'll see when you work hard at something and you reward yourself with something, the rewards become really, really important. And that reward could be anything. That could be like, you know what? I want to go to Dairy Queen and get a big ice cream and I'm going to work really hard in training today and I'm going to earn that ice cream or I'm going to improve my time and I'm going to make sure I do that by helping my teammates improve their times and together we're going to celebrate afterwards. And, and those positive reinforcements will give you a ton of motivation and you really, really have the best years ahead of you right now in running. I wish I could go back to being a kid. So learn from old guys like me that are kind of broken now and learn that the best years of running are, are, are about to come. Thank you. I have another question. If you could run with anyone, who would it be? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would love to say I'd love to go for a run with my dad. Uh, but, you know, some, I'd love to say I would love to go running with some of, my, some of the famous athletes that are, were huge inspirations in my life. 
the likes of Steve Ovette, who was a British runner who won won the Olympic Games, or someone like John Tracy, who got second in the Olympic Games. But if I could go for one run, I would go with my Providence College teammates. And that would be my teammates from my senior year of college, Hamish Thorpe, Paul Riley, Adam Sutton, Chris Livesey, Dermot Galvin, Larry Morrissey, Kieran Lynch, Tim Curran, Tyler McCabe. These these were my teammates that in a year that changed my life. And I would go for a run with those guys. Man, that's awesome. Aaron, yeah. great question, man. We should all be thinking about that because those of us who still perhaps are getting a number of miles in every week to not think about who would we really love. And Keith, of course, not knowing whether your dad is even available to go for a run. That's a cool answer, even though that might have not been the entirety of your answer. So certainly special thanks to New Balance for not only having this opportunity, certainly a big partner of ours at Big Peach Running Company. So I can't let you go without also asking you what you're kind of geeked out about from a product standpoint. You mentioned our boy Carlio a little bit ago. He was supposed to be on this podcast literally before the coronavirus and all we do is exchange text. So you need to yeah. nail him to the <laughs> wall and indicate you were here first and at some point, we're going to put him on the hot seat and talk product for 45 minutes. Yeah. And until and then, you're our guy, man. What are you excited about? What's going to happen between now and let's say the end of next year that you're pretty amped about? Yeah. Well, let, before I answer the product piece, I, I will say that Tom is, uh, you know, Tom has two kids that both ran at Providence. So Nick Carlio is uh, oldest, graduated from Providence and is now in Boulder training with uh, Emma Coburn and her team. So watch out for him to do well. And and Jack Carlio is a senior at Providence. And, you know, he's going to be, you know, he can run 158. He can run four minutes for the mile if he if he gets the gets the opportunity to have a full year of racing. And then young TJ Carlio, still in high school as a sophomore, is is a is a good runner too. So Tom has his own great experience with high school running. That's awesome. But, yeah. Well, that's so you just you gave him a little bit of latitude in my mind. So I'll, I'll ease up on him a little <laughs> bit, perhaps in terms of not having had him in this seat yet. Yes, absolutely. So, and then from a product perspective, yeah, yeah, I'm really psyched. You know, I've been through a lot of brands that haven't been committed to making the best of running shoes at times, and and at times, you know, it, it's been a slow burn at New Balance, but we're finally there with with product. And as we head into 2021. I'm really, really excited about the new Fuel Cell Rebel shoe we have coming out. It's like, it's the kind of training shoe. It's coming in Mar in April. It's the kind of training shoe that I would have given anything to have back in college instead of the, the heavy bricks that we used to run in. So I'm really excited about the Fuel Cell Rebel 2. I'm really excited about what we're seeing from the, the Fuel Cell RC Elite, our racing shoe with a carbon fiber plate and how that's going to evolve in the RC Elite version two next summer which we've already seen and we're super psyched about and then i just love to see the evolution of the fresh foam product mike the the 1080 is such a great shoe it's been a great shoe for us and it's doing really well so we're going to maintain the gas on on that product and then from a non-running product perspective from a from a new balance perspective i'm really really excited to see what our team nb athletes are going to do in 2021 i was psyched this year and we got we got little snippets from like El Perrier running four minutes for 1500 meters by herself in training or, you know, Corey McGee going out and improving down to 401 and Emma Coburn running the fastest mile on Colorado soil and Sydney McLaughlin not getting an opportunity to race, but someone who can 
you know, break the world record and win the Olympic Games. And so following Team NB next year is something I'm really, really excited about too. Well, I know you're not the only one excited about following them. And I think all of us will be excited to see what happened with that 12-month delay in the Olympic Games. Sounds like the New Balance team has been using it to their advantage. Oh, yeah. Like Trayvon Bramel was someone who, you know, people stopped talking about. And then he quietly came out this year after three years of injury. And talk about staying the course and staying motivated. This is a guy who's had Achilles surgery, the most promising high school sprinter in years. Uh, you know, nine, nine, eight for a hundred meters as an 18 year old, and then goes through this injury cycle and just quietly comes out this year and goes sub 10 and reminds everyone that he's still here and he's going to be able to use this extra year to his advantage. So it's a, it's a really exciting time to be following athletics as we head into 2021. There's going to be a lot of hungry, hungry athletes out there. So we're going to see some great performances next year. I certainly hope that's true. I remember being in Rio at the last games and the number of times I heard if this would have been six months later, the results would have been different. And then, of course, at the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta earlier this year, as one of the few trials that happened from a running perspective, then all we heard was everybody somewhat disappointed about the fact that the games weren't going to happen on schedule. So I guess it's like everything else, right? You can't win. You can't lose. You just take what you get and make the most out of it. So I'm hoping it's going to be a pretty exciting summer next summer and that everything will be at least as back to normal as possible for the Olympic Games. Absolutely. And 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 to that team of, of guys and girls that are sitting in that room there, like this is not a normal season, but you still make the best of it. You hopefully get to this regional meet, you kick ass, hopefully get the invite to the state meet and kick ass there too. And no matter what happens, it's a different time. It's a It's a unique time. It's not normal but you can still train, you can, can still control the controllables. And cross-country is the best. So remember that even if it's not a big season, just being together and training together and having fun together and running is going to make you better human beings in the long run. Right on, Keith. You are awesome. Like I've always said, you are not just a fun accent. I'm going to turn it back over to my host here, my daughter. But once again, thanks for doing this for us, man. You're the greatest. We'll catch up soon. Absolutely. Thanks a million, Mike. Hi again, Keith. Wow, what a very cool conversation. I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure my teammates learned a lot. Thank you so much for your wisdom, advice, and answers. This has helped our team, and I'm sure it's also helped so many of the other runners tuning in. Your story is beyond inspirational, and I know we cannot thank you enough for that. Well, Monica, I really appreciate it, and I'm going to follow you guys. You know, I already pulled up as I was sitting here, fanning cross-country and looking at some people's names and uh, looking at some results from last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys do and following your progress uh, throughout this shortened, abbreviated cross-country season. We appreciate that so much, and I'm sure that's uh, kind of putting the pressure on all of us. And so <laughs> we'll uh, definitely take that into account. And thank you, everyone else, for tuning in. We will be right back after this short message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. Welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. A very cool story you shared with us. What a privilege it was to share some time with Keith. Dad, what were your thoughts on his amazing and inspiring story? He's he's just a great person to be around. I mean, the reality is I've known Keith 
longer than I've had the good fortune of actually knowing you. And not only is he someone who's really, really committed to this lifestyle, obviously a tremendous athlete and influence in our industry, but quite frankly, his personality is really cool to be around. Maybe it's the Irish descent or personality, but either way, he's just someone that kind of leaves you wanting a few more moments with him, kind of like what I have with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure Keith does as well. Uh, before we head on to something else, Dave, how about a quick reminder about the virtual fashion show? Yes, absolutely. So um, follow us um, on Facebook. So uh, Big Peach Running Co. is our Facebook page. Um, it will be on October 28th. That's a Wednesday night at 8.15. We're going to close our doors um, and then set up. And at 8.15, we're going to start our fashion show. Um, so through Facebook Live, we're gonna, you can enjoy it from the comfort of your home, from your laptop, from your couch, from your table, wherever you want to watch it. And watch our world premiere of our fall run ATL collection that will include long sleeves, pullovers, tights, pants. So a whole, you know, complete line that you'll be able to preview it before we promote it to everyone through our social media channels and through our newsletter and first to shop because they will be limited. So please tune in on October 28th, 8.15 p.m. Thank you again, Dave. I know I'm excited, especially with this cooler weather. I am thrilled to have uh, these new items in, and I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, Coming down the home stretch. Yes, we have are. Have you enjoyed yourself? This has been really cool. I really appreciate I you doing so this. I so have, and I appreciate you guys having me. We're going to miss having you next week. D2, I think she may allow us to keep our jobs, but now we know if we want to go on vacation, take an extended sabbatical at some point, we can just turn this over to Monica. That sounds great. So Monica, so Monica, one of the things we always close the exact same way. Do you know how it is we traditionally close? I do know what it is. And before I go over it, I just want to give a big thank you for everyone who has tuned in. And now, what a great reminder for everyone. Get outside. Don't forget to live every day like it's your last. And remember, may your best miles be those covered on foot. You did a great job, Princess. So long, y'all.